Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. As Christmas approaches in less than 72 hours, I would like to consider for a moment not the Christ child himself, but his parents, Mary and Joseph. This time of year, we properly focus on the birth of Jesus and the theological and cosmological import of that birth. But I think it's only fitting to spend some time this morning with Mary and Joseph. I wonder what it might have been like for Mary and Joseph as individuals and a couple together to receive and ponder this incredible news from the angel that Mary would bear a son and he will be the Emmanuel, God with us, who will, as the gospel foretells, save his people from their sins. Here is Mary, a young girl around 12, my daughter's age. She lives in Nazareth, a small town in the mountains of Galilee. She is the daughter of prominent parents, descendants of King David. So she is a young woman of some social standing. She is also a pious and traditional young woman, desiring nothing more than to follow the laws of her faith and the cultural norms of her day. And like all girls her age, She was looking very much forward to that moment in her foreseeable future when she would transition from being a girl to a woman, her wedding. And weddings were not a simple weekend affair with a few family members and friends. A first century Jewish wedding took a whole week. The entire village was invited. And if the bride's family ever ran out of either food or drink, which was expected to flow 24-7, the offense on the part of the host was almost criminal. The wedding was some kind of party. So here was Mary, young, pious, traditional, the girl who has it all together, with all her ducks in a row so that she could be a diligent and willing cog in the machinery of society. And here is Joseph, an older man than Mary, older by as much as decades, according to some scholars, Joseph, like Mary, is a Nazarene and born of the house of David. But Joseph was born in Bethlehem. Joseph is a carpenter by trade and must have been ecstatically pleased to be engaged to a woman as socially and economically desirable as Mary. Through this marriage, Joseph was slated to receive a considerable dowry, as well as increased social standing because of her piety, as well as her parents' lineage. Mary was definitely someone to bring home to mom. So here is Joseph, a man as traditional and proper as his fiancée, looking forward to a new life and starting a family with his new bride. But then the bomb drops. An angel appears. Always be afraid when an angel appears. An angel appears and in the Gospel of Luke says to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary. Be doubly afraid if the angel says not to be afraid. For you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the Most High and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be. No end. And then this morning, 
In today's Gospel from Matthew, the same angel appears to Joseph in a dream and says, do not be afraid. Again, do not be afraid. To take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Both Mary and Joseph have every right to be afraid. Their whole world, everything they had built, everything they had planned for, and everything they had looked forward to, the perfect life with the perfect wedding and the perfect match, was about to come crashing down all around them. Because while we know it to be the truth, Mary and Joseph's families probably did not believe them when they first told them about this angel and what he said to them. They probably said something more like, likely story. Now, who was this guy and where can we find him? So Mary and Joseph, in the blink of an eye, had their whole world turned upside down. And Mary and Joseph would have been justified in saying no to this unprecedented mission, this interruption from God, to birth and raise the very and actual Messiah of God. They had plans They had dreams. They had a caterer and a photographer and a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath bungalow already picked out in the suburbs. God was interrupting their life. But instead of rejecting their mission, they listen and they accept. Instead of very understandably saying, God, can you try the next couple? I don't think we can fit this whole Jesus thing into my calendar. Mary and Joseph become the first evangelists, giving witness to the incarnation of God entering the world in their very midst. Instead of rejecting God, Mary and Joseph listened to God, courageously turn away from the societal norms that had been the foundation of their lives up to that point, and instead embark on an unprecedented and uncharted journey with God himself, with this Jesus who was about to be born And we know what a journey that was with Jesus. When and where does God interrupt your life? When have you been walking around being who you are and doing that thing you do? And then, and then an angel is standing before you, beckoning you to a new life and a new direction. Your enunciation will most likely not be as dramatic as Mary and Joseph's. But God interrupts all the time, and we can be ready to listen, to ponder, and to receive our mission and enter into the life of God as Mary and Joseph did so many years ago. Our Advent calendar tells us to slow down, quiet. It's Advent. Do you know why we have to slow down and be quiet? It's to listen for God. Listen for God interrupting your lives. Listen for a God who can turn our world inside out. Listen for a God who through us, God's beloved creation, the world can change for the better. Just like Mary and Joseph, do not be afraid. Instead, listen. Listen for God. Amen.